this was actually done for us like it was cooked for us but yeah you know how it goes on church online radio number one youth radio station near kuka Yes, you are still tuning to Church Online Radio. Like we said, Jorge, we are bringing you an icon. I mean, a very great, great one. A very great one uh, from... Oh, oh, I, Okay, I think it's time I just introduce him. Um, we are looking, we are joined uh, by a very great man, or should I say an icon himself, who supervises postgraduate students for MSc and PhD at various South African institutions in disciplines of leather and material science and engineering. He authored four books, chapters, 21 conferences, proceeding and 19 peers review journals he supervised two msc students to completion three phd and seven msc students which are still ongoing and he made a cover page of a south african government magazine in 2019 and he has been recognized by by nsft for pioneering work by by youth i'm joining us on the line today we are joined by Dr. Trotling. Good morning, sir. How are you, brother? I'm well, thank you. How are you, sir? I'm okay. Thank you for joining us today on the line. No, you are welcome. Thank you for having me. So, le- let's go on to it. Um, can you kindly tell us a bit about yourself? Oh, oh me, I'm, I'm from Malotakan in Mafikeng, you know, the greater book. Botswana, the only place we call home, that's Botswana, you know, um, so I was born there, raised there, lived there, you know, until I went to study at VETS uh, for my degree and uh, my my honours, and then I did my MSc there, and then I went to CSIR to do my, um, my PhD there, so yeah. The first time I came to Gauteng is when I went to VETS. And I've been in Gauteng for, for some time now. Uh, but yeah, Mufftown born and Mufftown proud. Mm, mm, mm. So um, how did you get into the engineering industry? Well, uh, at, you know, at the universities, uh, unfortunately in South Africa, you have two types of universities. You have a universities like mainly universities or the so-called uh, traditional black universities. You find where there's no engineering disciplines, but you'll find they have science, right? But at universities where you have engineering and science, you know, there's some sort of crossbreeding between the two faculties. So you, you tend to be able to know about the discipline, whether you are in science or in engineering. So I happened to go through with uh, engineering when I was still at VETS. Um, well, the love of engineering at VETS started when I, I started actually uh, taking third-year chemical engineers for, for lab work. And, you know, unlike when you're a student, you don't see the benefit of becoming um, a professional in that discipline. Well, at least for me, when I was a TA there or a lab demonstrator, I saw the need to remain within the chemical engineering industry. And ever since then, I also did my PhD in uh, 
a more related field, yeah, additive manufacturing, focusing mainly on biomedical engineering, which is uh, something that has to do with chemistry and stuff like that. So that that, that has always been the passion, uh, trying to do chemistry and chemical engineering. That's that, that, that that's how it's always been like. Mm, interesting indeed. So now tell us, which engineering industry are you in and what does it do for those who do not know? Okay, so currently I'm based at an institution called uh, CSIR in Pretoria. So my current focus is additive manufacturing. So how I get to do uh, to be a professional and uh, I guess um, a sound professional in the additive manufacturing space um, was through my PhD, like I said. Um, so additive manufacturing basically is, is a smart way of manufacturing. If if you remember in the olden days, uh, we used to use TP to hobeta the products um, and then body welding, body uh, casting. No, Yana, if you, if you talk about 3D printing or additive manufacturing, that is the industry allowing a human being to be able to make products very quickly, very fast. So our industry is opening a whole lot of other industries, especially where people were not able to to cast certain components. Say you want to make a, a, a wheel with a bending shape of 20 degrees. Uh, so with formal traditional manufacturing ways, you can't do it. But with 3D printing, because it relies on coding, you are able to do this thing very easy. Mm. So you know, so mm. our industry is very, is very interesting, very, very interesting. So you have mentioned different industry, and the engineering industry is segmented. How did you find the one suitable for you? Well, it's probably just. It's not about suitability. Um, you know, at university, we learn basic science and engineering, right? So you have to look at the industry growth and directions the industry that are taking. For example, when I was still uh, at undergrad and doing my honors, I was in the nuclear industry because by then nuclear engineering was, was a key thing in South Africa, you know, where government was pumping money into building this nuclear know-how intel in our country because we were ready to build nuclear power stations then um, under the PBMR program, Pebble Bed Modular Reactor. So that industry died and over the years when I was still finishing my MSc, then emerged the 3D printing or additive manufacturing industries. Um, and then you see our government is trying to put money into that industry and you read about it and you feel oh, this is something very nice you know let me try it and that's how i managed to go into it and do my phd in it and when you are the love of it becomes a second nature because you do see how oh, there's a lot of opportunities in this industry and i think that's how i i happened to be in in this industry not that uh, it's something that into it. no it's something that i read about and i was interested in it and that's how i am today a professional in 
that industry. So our industry is very broad. Uh, it includes materials processing, it includes coding, it includes design, engineering, control theory. So the wideness of the industry also shows you the importance of the industry. But what is important is investment in the industry and how you see yourself positioning yourself so that in the future you're not going to struggle to find uh, jobs to find activities or to be able to communicate to government what is the next wave in the industry so that you position the government so that they can have an intel and know-how of how things are going because as professionals we have to be advising government and it's very good for us with phds and industries to be able to take what we see out there and communicate to government so that we don't have uh, investments that are not in line with our developmental goals and the future of uh, the world you see yes mm. so now most students like we also received a voice note from a student who said he has done four years and he feels like he cannot continue with other degrees and some are saying they want to but now tell us what motivated you to continue up until phd well in part it's always been my dream to have a doctorate right but you see basic uh, primary education is very important so in my high school, I went to Letatin Science High School, a very competitive high school called Mabatu, Mafi Game. So in our high school, you know you are in a class for grade 11, you are like 40 in a class. Everyone has this passion of becoming an engineer, a medical doctor. And we are working hard to get there, you know. Mm. And one time with my friends, we, we were like in our group of my friends, we were like 16, we are still uh, in the same we we are still friends even today we sat together we are in grade 11 we are like guys now it's grade 12 what is the future holding for us you know so we start discussing these things and i told my friends me i'm going to be a doctor they're like no we're going to be engineers i'm like yeah you guys can be engineers i'm going to do chemical engineering or, or and chemistry and i'm going to be a doctor in that field you know so in grade 11 already i knew i needed to have a phd so the 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 issue to stop was not an uh, an argument to go and get a work but i had made a promise to myself and my parents who are very supportive growing up to say yeah but you said you wanted to do to have a phd why do you want to stop and go work um and they be like no continue as long as we are still alive we can support you to to do what you always wanted to do you know so that support from the family and the parents, grandma, aunts, and, and stuff like that also was a boosting energy. But what was important is the scholarships that I received. I never stopped studying because there was always a scholarship that was willing to pay for my studies. Money can be an issue for, for anyone who's going to a university. So I've never had a problem with um, scholarships to to finish my schooling. I mean, from when I started until I finished my PhD, government was always paying for my studies, and I'm very grateful to the government scholarships. Mm, mm, mm. Very great one. I mean, uh, uh, for my side, I knew Hore Doctor. The the way I knew Doctor was a medical person. I never knew people mm. can do doctorate in something. Like, I just knew years ago when I was older that whenever you complete a PhD, you can be a doctor. So, the only doctorate Actually, I knew. Actually, you are the only doctor. 
<laughs> People so, should not make a mistake. Medical doctors normally we refer to them as general practitioners, right? Mm. They they are doctors, but gen- they have to also go and specialize in a field for them to have a PhD. So PhD is the only doctor. Uh, well, doctorate. Everyone in they can have every discipline can have its own doctorate. Um, so. Uh, people should know, even if you are a medical doctor, you still can go and specialize and get a proper doctorate. I do understand you. So now tell us, what is it that it's in the PhD field that should motivate us to continue and also go in there? So like you were saying now, there's someone who says they, they finish their fourth year and they want to stop. Others say they don't want to stop, right? So my advice to many, even my, my grad students, remember, if, if you look at how the country, our country and the world has progressed, let's talk about America and China and Germany, for example, great world countries. In, in China, you can't find a job um, in certain positions if you don't have a phd also in america but these are first class world countries right now let's come home at home you remember matric used to be a good thing for black people because the 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 government before was depressing our people from getting metric if you had a a, a a university certificate or a college you were even more educated than the rest of the african people in our country right yes. but that has changed over the years, that has changed. So now, you know a university intake now, we've got a lot of metrics who go into university as first year as they graduate. So the pool of people we can pull from has increased. So if you are sitting in that pool, how do you stand out? By standing out, you have to do something extra that your peers are not doing. So going to do post-grad is one of those things that um, make you stand out, right? But going to PhD, it's even more important because if you look at our, for example, our national development plan, it says they want to grow certain industries, but those industries will require youth to uptake them, right? And then you have Department of Science and Innovation uh, Technology back then saying, we want to grow PhDs so that when we start industry, we have doctors in science and engineering and technology who will understand why we as a government must be pumping money into this type of project. So basically, by doing PhD, you are becoming a specialist in a field. So therefore, you are readily available for government to invest in the field because you are telling them the next wave of uh, investment government will be in uh, what we are calling now 4IR, right? 4IR did not come out because people did not know about it. And the government is not investing in 4IR because they they want to. No, they are investing in it because they know there's professionals who are qualified in our country who can lead that discipline. And those people, majority of them are PhD holders or professors. So for you to be able to, 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 to stand out in the crowd, you have to go and extra mile and an extra mile is a phd but also the goodness is if you have a phd you can go anywhere in the world and be able to participate in the global discussions you know so Mm. that's my advice to anyone go there don't stop at undergrad if you are willing and have funding and all that please go the extra mile do your MSc, do your PhD, especially when time still allows, because there's a time where you reach 35, 
40 where you want to start family now phd is it's one thing you can't have a child and phd at the same time you have to choose which one comes first mm-hmm. you know because they are mm-hmm. difficult to manage so my advice to youth is that go to school get your undergrad get your phd before you can start engaging on other activities like i have not started working until i finished my phd i only started when i finished my phd and i'm mm. at ease now because i don't have to multitask I am only focused on doing what I am paid to do now because I've already done what needed to be done for my CV. So now, tell us, after completing your studies, do you think you were able to enter doors which you couldn't have entered if you were rent at that level? Yes, um, like I was saying, after I completed the PhD, for example, I was I became a associate researcher at the University of Johannesburg. So basically, I work at the CSIR and I have an association with the university. What that means, even when I'm working, I can still supervise students at at universities. But because I'm an associate of University of Johannesburg, I can still build my profile at the university so that when I am dealing at the CSIR, for example, because CSIR is a research um, it's a research institution. If I want now to go and teach, I can go maybe 30% part-time teaching at the university, 70% uh, reading from, from the CSIR. So that in itself, you will not get, if you don't have a PhD, to build pro- uh, your profile at the university, mm. build your profile at the, at the industry. But also, you become part of the government uh, portfolio, people that they will call when they need advices. Like at the moment, I'm sitting on a technical committee for carbon capture and storage where we are discussing where we're going to. You know, we are as a country, we subscribe to the carbon uh, clean world uh, technology, uh, uh, you know. So I am in that portfolio where we, we're discussing how can we clean our atmosphere as a country? How Where can we pump this carbon from the industries so that we store it, so that it does not pollute our our atmosphere, our environment. So by virtue of you being a doctor and being in industries that are key and relevant, you open many other doors. You can be called to sit and advise on graduate students or you can be called to be sit on a, as an editor of a, of a scientific journal. So you open a lot of doors. Even when people are uh, young people want advice, they can easily reach out to you and say, you know, I am struggling with this. What is your advice? It doesn't always have to be industrial. Even human touch is very important. You can go and talk to kids at university, uh, at primary school level. You know, that for me is because you no longer have any other responsibilities to yourself, but now you have a responsibility to a country, responsibility to communities. That in itself is, is, is what you as a PhD graduate allows you to do very very powerful words so is there anything that you are currently busy with or something that you would like to share with us well at the moment um i'm just trying to get all my doctorate students to submit this year november and have them graduate become doctors um and my advice to young people is please if you can I, I, and this is what I advise to my to my PhD students also. Get your PhD when you are still young, at least by 30 years, 
when you reach 30, have your PhD. Um, so that if you want to go out, leave the country and go to do postdoc or be a researcher elsewhere in the world, while you are still here, you can go and come back to the country with the skill. So that is what I am currently trying to do with a lot of my my graduate students to interest them in doing more research, but also looking at opportunities to go abroad so that they can bring a different skill that we don't have in the country. Then we grow our set base as a, 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 as a country, you know, that is very critical. But what is more critical for me that I'm currently doing is to just, you know, set and advise uh, my MSc students that, you know, MSc is different from PhD because masters is someone who still doesn't know yes or, or what is wrong and what is right in science. So there is like you, 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 you are crafting, you, you are crafting, you are crafting, you're trying to mold these people into becoming professional researchers, you know. Mm. That is what I am on a daily basis. I, I touch bases with my MSc students more than my PhDs because after MSc, you are readily available to do whatever in the PhD stream. The only difference is with PhD, uh, whatever you decide, you must be able to defend. I am not involved. But with MSc, whatever you decide, I must be able to defend it with you. Uh, it's like I'm, 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 I'm working you as an MSc student. So it can be difficult especially because we are young and uh, great students these days are very young also. So we are almost in the same age gap. <laughs> mm. That is the challenge. So I also need to learn how to manage peer-to-peer peer management, you know, but I am growing in that space. Um, it's difficult, but it's doable and it's enjoyable. The nice thing about this whole thing that I am doing on a daily basis, when I wake up, I take my laptop, I look at my graduate student work, I'm always happy that I'm imparting knowledge majority on black people, South Africans, so that in the future we have a pool of black South Africans that are not just educated, but they also have the background to understand why we had to do what we were doing with them so that they can also impart it in the next generation youth. Great, powerful words from you, Doctor. So, Doctor, where can people get in touch with you, if possible? Uh, you know my Facebook page. Uh, they can get in touch on my Facebook page using my name, Munamitu uh, Tseng. Otherwise, um, they can just Google my name. I've got a lot of uh, YouTube things that I have done in the past. They can check it out there, but also my profile is on Google, so and my details are on Google. Perfect. We thank you for joining us today, Doctor. We really appreciate your time, and we believe in you, and the world is yours. <laughs> thank you, thank you, sir. Thank you very much. Those were powerful words coming straight from Dr. Totlin.